0: This is the Old Trailblazer broadcast, Pastor Albert Pendorvis, the Old Trailblazer, riding out on old Dan. Come on, Dan, let's go. Let's get a getting and get on down there where folks are standing around waiting for the Old Trailblazer, there at the sawmill or down at the cotton gin, somewhere out there at the logging camp, maybe in old Bethel Church. Old Trailblazer's old circuit rider riding around on old Dan. And the Old Trailblazer, Pastor Shelton, used to ride old Dan, and he'd carry his old uh, pistol with him, every now and then he'd see a snake, and he'd stop and shoot that old snake. But th- those days are gone. Now the old trailblazer's gone on to be with the Lord, and Pastor Pindorvis is here, taking up the saddle, taking up the bridle, bringing God's message. And we're looking, for the last two or three weeks, we've been looking at the first home. The first home. Have you enjoyed these broadcasts? I have. I learn a lot every day bringing you these messages. We saw there where the Lord created Adam out of the dust of the ground and breathe a breath of life into his nostrils. I know, I know we got these folks who believe in evolution that we swung from our tail by a monkey and all those things, but no, we may have hung by our neck by a rope, but we didn't hang from our tail because God's Word says that man was created, created from the dust of the earth and the Lord God of heaven breathed the breath of life into him. Isn't that far easier to believe than that we we evoluted from a, a, a micro ism that bumped up on the sands of some island somewhere and then turned into a toad frog and then into something else? And No, my friend, that's all so foolish. Let, let's get alive. Let's let's believe God's word. I often tell you here, this is God's word that I hold in my hand. Believe it and be saved, disbelieve it and be, be damned. If you don't believe God's word, you won't ever be saved. You tell me you believe in the evolution theory, you're not saved. You never will be saved. No, no, you won't be saved. You never will be saved. When my children were in grammar school, one of the teachers sent a paper home uh, to buy one of them, talking about the, the monkeys and all that, and I wrote her back a note. And I told her, I said, ma'am, uh, some of my family may have hung from the neck by a rope, but they never hung from the tail. off of the limb of a tree. And uh, I believe that with all my heart. My friend, it's easy to believe God's Word. You don't want to believe it. You don't want to believe it. You're totally depraved, even though the Bible says uh, there's none righteous. No, not one. Not one. Not any, my friend. But we're looking there. We're going to close out this study on the first home today. And then tomorrow, we'll begin looking at man, the head of the home. Will, Will that whet your appetite a little bit? We're going to bring out some truths there that may cross your grain a little bit, but uh, that's what God's Word is. We're going to stay with God's Word. But listen, the, we, we're looking there at how the Lord had preached the first sermon to Adam and Eve there after they ran and hid themselves in the bushes. But let's look at this statement. The word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, according to Hebrews 4.12. I told you last time that uh, you can hide from me, you can hide from the, 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 any preacher, you can hide from the pope, but you can't hide from the Lord. The Lord's eyes run to and fro over the earth. And this scripture right here says that he's a discerner. He knows the thoughts and intents of your heart. The word of God under the power of the Holy Spirit has a heart-turning, soul-converting, regenerating effect, Uh, my friend. The the word wounds and the gospel cures. The word discovers the evil. The spirit of the Lord turns the, the sinner from sin to Christ. That's what it happened, my friend. I, I often uh, I'm amused at people. At well, I don't know how much of the Bible you can believe, old Trailblazer. Well, I tell you one thing: you believe it all, or you won't never be saved. Don't don't make fun of the Bible, my friend. You just go go out into eternity lost for your trouble. And I know, I know, not many folks want to be saved. I know that. I told someone yesterday. I wrote a letter to a friend of mine who who had written me. In, wanting to be saved and I said, I know there's not many want to be saved. But let me let me while we right there we mention would you write me and let me know. Are you saved? Are you ashamed to tell somebody that you are saved? Could write me and tell me where you were saved and uh when you were saved and what the Lord saved you from and what the Lord saved you to. The Bible says always be ready to give an account of the hope that you have within you. That's what I do. I'm always ready, my friend. That's right. I look for an opportunity To tell folks, and I know folks don't want to listen, they don't want to hear that, but every now and then, one of them does. I know one thing, I ask you folks here to take God's Word in pamphlet, booklet form that we have here, track form, put them in your purse or in in your coat pocket, and when you go to the doctor, the doctor's office or waiting room, hand them out or lay them on the coffee table over there. And it's great to sit there a few minutes and someone to come along, pick one up, and get engrossed in it and almost miss their appointment. But, my friend, that's what we're to do, give out the gospel to every living creature. And that's what we do. I wish you'd write me. I'll send you a packet of those tracts. You can give them out wherever you go, free and postpaid. They don't cost you nothing. But, listen, I would like to have been in that uh, first meeting it was ever held. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you like to have heard that message The first gospel meeting, the first revival meeting was ever held. The first gospel message ever preached was preached by the Lord Jesus Christ to these two impenitent sinners. He, by the Holy Spirit of the living God, drove home that truth to their hearts and laid them bare there in the garden. Yes, he did. They were under the covenant of works. And they fell. They fell under the covenant of works. And so were you, my friend. But God said now, I want to show you the covenant of grace that was sealed back yonder in the eternities. We have a message a few days ago by Pastor Shelton on the Voice of Truth broadcast. The Trinity and the eternal covenant. I wish you'd write me and get that message. The Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and that eternal covenant that they made there before the foundation of the world. Now, when the heart is wounded and begins to be broken up, then and only then will an individual turn to Christ. Then it was Adam looked up in looked up the face of his wife and said Eve. Eve. And old Adam began to cry and broke down. This shows he saw the day of Christ and was glad, and he named his wife Eve as a memorial. He recognized Christ as his substitute. Then my friends, Jehovah Jesus what did he do? He dipped them in the blood and washed them whiter than the snow. You know how that happened? He slew the animals, made coats of skin, but he kept the blood. And he dipped old Adam and Eve in that blood, sprinkled them with the blood. Oh, but listen, listen. What typified that? How do, you, how do we know he did it? He went out there with his own hand, slew the lambs and spilled the blood and made them coats of skin and came and clothed Adam and Eve. They weren't, they weren't in some old uh, garment that looked like the cavemen that we see depicted in the funny papers and on those, those comical shows. No, sir. No, sir. He put them on the best robe. The best robe. The coats of skin typify the imputed righteousness of Christ based on the shed blood. That's what it meant. And they were saved. There they stood, not on the ground of a covenant of works, But on the ground of grace, the covenant of grace, the eternal blood covenant from which they could never fall and be lost. God transferred them from the covenant of works to the covenant of grace. And my friend, that's what happens when the Lord saves a sinner. He takes you from the covenant of works and puts you under the covenant of grace underneath the blood. We sing that song here under the blood of Jesus safe. Safe though the world may roll, safe though the clouds may roll, safe though the world may tumble. Oh, but my friend, the greatest thing in the world is to know, to realize, to come to see, to come to realize that Christ died for you. God's grace restored this home, Adam and Eve. I don't know how long that took. I don't know. But I don't think they were out there in the bushes long. Just so he can restore your home, my friend. Is your home a wreck and ruin because of sin? Sin. Satan and sin. His his purpose is to wreck your home. I, I know we're going to get into that with our homes, how that they're broken up now because of sin. And our our, our young men now, and many of our young women are, are going out into fornication and lust and sin. Uh, so-called cheating on their husbands and cheating on... No. They're cheating on the Lord because they think everything all right. They made a decision for Jesus back there when they was seven or eight years old, and now they think they're saved, but they're not. They are lost as a goose in a whirlstorm, you know, in a windstorm, my friend. But this is the old Trailblazer, and I have a few minutes left here. I want to just speak to you for a minute about your soul. Are you saved? Are you? Are you? Can you look up into the starry skies at night like I do? Go out on the back porch. Go out there and wait for the moon to come out in the star and look up, look up into the stars. You can imagine. You can see the little dipper and you can see the, all of those things. But can you just imagine that the angels in heaven are glorying over you getting saved? It is. The Bible says there's more joy in heaven over one soul who gets saved. That's the reason I tell you, if the Lord ever saves you, it'll be the most important thing, the most gracious thing uh, that ever happens to you. Nothing will excel. Nothing will eclipse that, my friend. It won't eclipse it. The stars and the moon fall. It won't eclipse it. The nuclear bombs fall. That won't eclipse it. No, sir, because you'll be ready going to be with the Lord. But I ask you, are you ready? Are you ready? You say, old oh, trailblazer, you just questioning everything. My salvation? No, I'm not questioning I asked you to question. I asked you to get honest. You know, there's not many honest folks in the world today along the religious. You ask somebody in the grocery store, you say, oh, yeah, I'm saved. I made a decision for Jesus. Next Sunday, if someone sits down by you on the pew, would you turn to them and say, my friend, are you saved? You say, well, I can't do that. That's intruding into people's." No, no, it might be the greatest thing ever happens to them. It might call attention to the fact that they just made a decision for Jesus. And they see this every Sunday, every Sunday. Pastor come down to the end of the service and say, anybody want to be saved? Come on down here and shake my hand. Is that all you have, my friend? Trailblazer, you're just meddling in people's business. Well, it's my job to meddle. I'm meddling because it's my job to meddle. Just like I here in my congregation, I have folks who are meddling, dabbling in sin. I call their attention to it. I call their number. If they don't respond. I call their name. You say, you call, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And if I know about you, I'll call your name. I have folks come to me now oftentimes. And 20 years ago, I called their name in a service one Sunday. And they said, Pastor, I appreciate you calling my name. Would you call my daughter's name? Would you call my son's name? Oh, my friend, it takes grace to be true to your soul. It takes all that I can do, all that I can ask the Lord for to give me grace to be true to you. What, what else do I want? Nothing. Nothing else. Nothing else I want to do. Be be true to your soul. And I can tell you right now, the God's word is true, whether you believe it or not. It says that there's none righteous, no, not one. That means you. You're not righteous. You have no righteousness. Shaking some preacher's hand does not make you righteous. What makes you righteous? Being dipped or sprinkled by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ who died there on Calvary's cross, my friend. Oh, and the Lord can restore your home. You living in a broken home? I often tell you here, many of our homes are destroyed because no one says I'm sorry. No one, the man or the wife, would rather rather die than to say sorry, rather die than to take the blame. I tell you what, before you ever get saved, you'll take the blame. You'll take the blame for stuff that you ain't to blame for. I know I had to do that, my friend. Come to the Lord crying, Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. This is the old trailblazer broadcast. And then remember the old Trailblazer's address, the old Trailblazer, post office box, 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. I'm uh, running out of time now, but remember, be back tomorrow with another message from God's Word, and we're going to be looking at man, the head of the home. Oh, I want you to turn in, call back across the fence and tell your neighbors over there, tune in tomorrow at this same time, and hear the old Trailblazer bring a message on man, the head of the home, according to God's Word. Goodbye, and God bless you. If you missed part of today's broadcast or would like a recording, the Old Trailblazer broadcast is now available for download to your phone, to your iPad, or computer via podcast. Find out more about our podcast by visiting our website at radiomissions.org. That's radiomissions.org.